On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Tesla tops the sales charts in Germany, Giga Shanghai has beaten its own production record, the Cybertruck gets its first aftermarket wheel option from Unplugged Performance and Christian von Koenigsegg, and more. What's happening, friends? Ryan McCaffrey here with you alongside Daisy the Boxer. It's episode 376 of Ride the Lightning, the weekly Tesla unofficial podcast for October 16th, 2022. I want to start the show today by saying thank you to everybody who wrote in or called in, and there were plenty of folks, to explain why the Taiwan Model Ys that I talked about last week are not being made at Giga Shanghai. And I have to say... I guess I adhered to my own no politics on the podcast rule a little too closely because I completely forgot about the fact that there is, shall we say, some political tension between Taiwan and China. Many of you very kindly pointed that out to me. And yes, that explains it then. So that explains why the Taiwan Model Ys are going to come from Giga Berlin Thank you to everybody who took the time to write in or call in about that. In happier news, next week is going to be the quarterly earnings call and shareholder letter. So as usual, if you've been listening for at least the last three months, you know that I will have my usual highlight show with audio clips, a recap and an analysis of that entire earnings call and the shareholder letter for you on next week's episode. In fact, It's going to be up an extra day early for those of you who back me on Patreon because on Friday, I've got to get, which is the day I would normally record, I've got to get on a plane to head to, and this is the last time I'll mention it until the recap next week, I guess, but, well, the week after, TeslaCon Florida, which I have been very graciously invited to, that is going to be happening This week, October 21st and 22nd, it's not too late. If you'd like to attend, it's going to be down at Cape Canaveral. You can find out more information at teslaconflorida.com. I've heard from a few of you that are saying saying, you're going to be there. You're looking forward to meeting me. Well, I am looking forward to meeting all of you as well. And then one more PSA before I get the proper news started, Uh, just a mention of This week's lightning round bonus mini episode for the ludicrous tier and up on Patreon. This week I talked about my top five list of car companies that I think are going to survive after 2035, which is when California and New York State are implementing their ban on the sales of new gas powered cars. So if you're curious about that or you want to hear any of the other, well, you get access to all of the lightning round episodes and a lot more. You can find more information on my Patreon page, which is at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. All right, news time. Let's start with the top story. Tesla is now, with no caveats or other spreadsheet gymnastics necessary, the number one selling new car in Germany for the entire month of September. So one month out of 12 down, one month down, 11 to go. 
Thank you to listener Sean Bloom for flagging this to me. And the story comes via Teslarati, who writes, according to Heise Online reporting, the KBA, which is effectively the German DMV, KBA figures uh, say that the Tesla Model Y had 9,846 registrations in the month of September alone, head and shoulders above the German-made Volkswagen Golf and Volkswagen Tiguan, traditionally popular vehicles in Germany. Perhaps even more surprisingly, Tesla Roddy notes, the Model Y destroyed its Model 3 sibling, which itself had 3,878 registrations, a number that nonetheless still put the Model 3 on top of the midsize segment. Overall, 224,816 new vehicles were registered in Germany in September, including 44,389 SUVs. That means that the Model Y alone represented over 4.5% of the entire German new car market and just over 22% of SUV sales. Together with the Model 3, the two models represented just over 6% of the German new car market. Well, you know, I think I talked about this on the podcast recently when I I remember mentioning that a listener from Switzerland was in town, was in San Francisco and reached out, wanted to meet up. We got together at 21st Amendment, which is an awesome local brewery here if you're ever in town. Get the Hell or High Watermelon, which is a wheat beer, or its cousin, the Hell or High Mango, which is a mango version of it. Both are outstanding. Anyway, uh, and during that visit, that listener from Switzerland, I was talking to him about this very thing, the rarity of an American car coming into a territory that's dominated by German cars, which, which Switzerland is, and the American car being not just highly desirable, but also very successful on top of that. Because of course, those two things don't necessarily go together. If something can be highly desirable, like the next gen Tesla Roadster, but that doesn't mean it's gonna be very successful because it's very, very expensive. Well, in Germany's case, as in Switzerland's case, I learned, the Tesla Model Y and also Model 3 are doing just that. So it's just, it's so darn impressive to me that Tesla has won in Germany for the month of September. I mean, I know it's one month out of 12 months and it's, you know, it's, there's a lot you could caveat and you could slice it up, but it's just cool that on Germany, in Volkswagen's home turf, the Model Y was the top selling vehicle. Uh, one in five new SUVs, regardless of their fuel source, one in five new SUVs sold in Germany last month. In fact, almost one in four, 22%, almost one in four was a Model Y. Just like, think about that. Just pause and let that sink in for a second. Out of every five new mo- new SUVs sold in the entire country for an entire month, one out of five of them was a Model Y. In, in Germany, I mean, that's cool, where this is a place where BMW calls home, Mercedes calls home, Audi, and well, the whole Volkswagen group, right, calls home. So, and they all have, as you would expect, because they're also well-established, successful car companies, they all have a very, very strong foothold on their home turf. And here comes Tesla, this American startup, and outsells them all. And it's probably 
going to be the start of, of something more. But first, I want to comment that I suspect that the Model Y outsold the 3, which, again, as you heard, the 3 still came in first in its class, but not so much because of demand, although that's definitely part of it, don't get me wrong. Uh, the Y is in even higher demand than the Model 3 is, but because, as you've probably already guessed, the Y is being built locally and is thus in much readier supply than the Model 3, which if you're buying a Model 3 in Germany, it's got to be imported from Giga Shanghai. Now, finally, I think there's one more point I'd like to make here, and you've heard me say it before on stories like this, and that is, these numbers are only going to go up. The gap is going to widen, particularly as Giga Berlin ramps up to its stated goal of getting 5,000 cars per week built by the end of the first quarter of next year, which is basically in six months from now. So in six months from now, uh, I have full confidence that they will have reached that 5,000 car per week goal. Now, granted, not all 5,000 of those cars, when they get there each week, are going to be going to Germany. Those cars are going to go all over Europe. And as we've learned, some will go to Taiwan. But plenty of those Model Ys will be sold in Germany, particularly if demand remains high and there is every reason to expect that it will. The arrow, quite simply, is pointing up for Tesla in Germany. On a related note, before I move on to the next story, this week's Patreon poll, which, as a friendly reminder, is open to everybody, regardless of whether or not you are supporting me on Patreon. You can vote at patreon.com slash Podcast each and every week. Again, I'm trying to get those polls up on Tuesday nights. Sometimes it's not till Wednesday, but I'm trying to establish that good habit of Tuesday night. So, you know, Wednesday is a good bet where you can cruise on over. The poll should be there for you and feel free to vote. And that poll this week asked, when do you think the Model Y will become the number one best-selling new car in the entire world, which you've heard Elon talk about before, and there's every reason to expect is going to happen because it's trending in that direction. Of the 160 votes cast as I record the show here on Friday evening, more than half of you, 55% of voters said in about a year from now, in the second half of 2023, which honestly, I might have voted with you on that, but I it would have been between that for me and the next highest category, the next highest vote getting category, which was sometime in 2024, 19% of the vote. So about one in five of you there. Uh, 12% said are, are even more bullish, saying it's going to happen in the first half of 2023, 4% saying sometime in 2025, and 10% of votes saying, I don't think the Model Y will get to number one in the world. A great comment here from Morty C1973 says, number one Corolla sold 1.1 million plus units in 2021 compared to 900,000 plus Model Ys. But Tesla predicts 1.3 million Model Ys in 2023. He says, I think they will make number one late next year. More incredible if it happens, considering the Model Y is about $70,000. All right, I mean, it's 66, but if you take average sale price, yeah, 70 is fair. 70,000 compared to the Corolla's roughly $25,000. And so, yes, 
Great point. Nearly triple the price. The Model Y's nearly triple the price, and it's still surging towards that number one spot. So again, thanks to everybody that took a minute to vote in this week's Patreon poll. Next up this week, Giga Shanghai has beaten its own production record. This story comes via Drive Tesla Canada, who writes, with one full month of upgraded production under its belt from the upgrades they did back in August, Giga Shanghai set another production record in September. According to data from the China Passenger Car Association, aka the CPCA, a total of 82,088 vehicles rolled off the production lines at Tesla China last month, beating the record set the month before by nearly 5,500 units. The Model Y accounted for 51,381 of those vehicles, with the Model 3 making up the remaining 30,000 and change. Interestingly, despite the overall increase, Model Y production actually decreased by over 5,000 units. Shareloft speculates this number could be due to a short production stop due to a typhoon that was in the area in mid-September or possibly ongoing supply chain issues that have plagued all automakers. This also indicates October has the potential to be another record-breaking month for Giga Shanghai if Model Y production can match or beat August's performance. Earlier this week, the CPCA also published Tesla's monthly sales, showing the company also set a record selling 83,135 vehicles in September, 77,000 plus of those domestically in China, while exporting another 5,500 to other markets. Well, 83,000 vehicles in September from Giga Shanghai means that if they keep that pace, you just heard that it's very possible that they may very well beat that. They may, may increase that pace. But let's just say for the sake of argument that they hold that pace. Then, and, and, and by the way, and let's say they hold it for the entire quarter, which again is highly unlikely if everything goes according to plan, which as we saw with this typhoon we just heard about, it doesn't always go according to plan, but if things go according to plan, the number is going to go up, but let's just say it holds that pace. In that case, you're looking at a 250,000 car Q4 from Giga Shanghai. And Fremont, with its stated production capacity of 650,000 cars per year, means that you can pencil that plant in for roughly 162,000 cars in Q4. Now, again, that's also not totally scientific because Tesla's production has just continued to increase and there's a little bit of seasonality to it, although, granted, not a lot of seasonality with Tesla anymore, but there's still a higher demand in Q4 for cars because it's the holidays. People, people want to buy cars in Q4 a little more so than they do in Q1. It just Tesla has been immune to that seasonality because the demand at all times of the year is more than what they can produce. But anyway, I'm getting off topic. So let's say, as I ballpark projected last week, that Giga Texas does 15,000 Model Y this quarter, all right? And let's say Giga Berlin does 26,000, which I'm getting that number from... 2,000 a week for a 13-week quarter. Add that up, and the Q4 production total 
would be right about 450,000 across the entire company, across all the plants, give or take. If they were to hit that or even come anywhere close, that would beat the record that Tesla just set in Q3 by quite a lot. And it looks like it's very much in play. In fact, I'm going to go ahead. I I should be doing this every quarter, as a lot of uh, folks in the Tesla community like to do. It's just a fun game. There's no, there are no prizes. There's no uh, real, you know, it's just for, for pride, just playing for fun. I'm going to, I'm going to throw out my guess right now for Q4. I'm going to say Q4, the production number is 453,000 total cars. So mark me down 453K, bookmark this podcast and come back to it at the beginning of January Uh, When they announce those numbers, it'll be the very, very beginning of January, and we'll see how close I was, or perhaps if I was even close at all. Next up this week, here's a fun story. Our friends at Unplugged Performance have teased their custom-designed aftermarket wheels for the Cybertruck. Yes, you heard that right. The Cybertruck that is not yet in production already has an aftermarket wheel gearing up for market. You may remember when when uh, Ben, the co-founder of Unplugged Performance, was on this very podcast a couple of months ago, and I we had a wonderful hour-long interview. Near the end of that interview, I asked Ben about what they have planned for the Cybertruck and for the Roadster, because they had both cars listed on their webpage as stuff as they you know they were working on stuff for those cars. Well, Ben kept mum, as I would have expected him to, but now we know, at the very least, we've got these wheels. So Unplugged Performance announced on Twitter saying, the Unplugged Performance Cyberhex Wheel, equipment for your interplanetary future, arriving sooner than expected. And then they later added in a follow-up tweet, the Unplugged Performance Cyberhex Wheel is a special design collaboration with our favorite supercar designer. A long time in the making, we are excited to share the full story soon. If you're curious what these look like, uh, you can go to Unplugged Performance's Twitter page, but I will give you a quick description here. It is a hexagon-shaped hub in the center of the wheel, surrounded by six more hexagons in a space gray finish, meaning the hexagons are the negative space. Uh, as you would have probably guessed. So, uh, and the, the whole wheel is done in a space gray finish, which should should match the stainless steel body color reasonably well. Um, as, 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 as me, a former DeLorean owner, knows all too well, it's very difficult to match uh, the, the color of the stainless steel with paint. So the, if, you ever, if you've ever looked at a DeLorean, either in person or just in pictures, you might have stopped to think, well, wait a second, those, the front and rear bumpers, which aren't stainless steel, they're, they're painted pieces, they're, they don't match the body at all. And you come to, I think you kind of just come to get used to it really quick, but if you stop and think about it, it is kind of weird that the DeLorean has these mismatched, the, these bumpers that are mismatched to the body, but that's why. It's because paint matching stainless steel is not easy. Anyway, 
Uh, it does appear that the space gray color, the space gray finish of these Cyberhex wheels are, are doing their best to match up with the Cybertruck stainless steel body. So anyway, uh, this to me, I believe it's the first credible aftermarket Cybertruck accessory that I'm aware of, particularly since the collaboration being hinted at there. Granted, I'm I am taking this, I am saying this is the case, and I'm saying it with 95% certainty because I don't know who else this would be in reference to, that they're referring to a partnership with Christian von Koenigsegg, the head of, of course, Koenigsegg, the supercar maker. And uh, the reason why I'm very, very confident in saying that is because, as you've heard on this podcast before, and in the interview with Ben, Unplugged Performance has collaborated with Koenigsegg before on a lot of carbon fiber pieces that you can buy for any of the four Teslas. So uh, that is almost certainly who they're referring to here. Anyway, uh, you may have wondered, well, wait a minute, Ryan, what are you talking about when you say the first credible aftermarket Cybertruck accessory? Well, I say that because I know there have been at least one or two others that got announced really, really early on, like I'm talking early 2020, I think one of them, the one that comes to mind was, if I remember right, a fifth wheel trailer for the Cybertruck that, uh, or or just some kind of uh, like towable, you know, camper thing. And they, as I recall it, they wanted a really large deposit from potential customers, which, you know, from some company out of nowhere, okay, I, I don't know if I would give you a ton of money this far in advance for something I'm not sure is ever going to get built. But anyway, that's neither here nor there, I, other than to say I haven't seen or heard anything about that in quite a while. I hope they're making good progress. I hope they're actually going to build that. But anyway, uh, I say that because with unplugged performance, you know it's going to be released and you know it's going to be good quality. You might not like the look of them, just you know, as an aesthetic choice, but you know they're coming, they're gonna come to market, they're gonna be good quality. Of course, the second most intriguing part of that uh, tweet that, that is probably still sticking in your mind and you're wondering if I'm gonna talk about it, well, yes, I am. <laughs> the second, uh, you know, the, the first part is the, the uh, whole bit about a supercar designer, which just covered, but that other, the other thing, the arriving sooner than expected comment. So to me, that doesn't necessarily suggest that the Cybertruck itself is going to be arriving any sooner than the mid 2023 date that we've been told to expect. I mean, after all, look at it this way. I can't imagine that Tesla would want an early arrival of the Cybertruck messaged out by a third-party vendor. And I mean, zero disrespect to unplugged performance when I say that. Uh, but if if that was the case, I, I have to imagine Tesla themselves would message it. But in fact, uh, unplugged performance themselves might not even know exactly when the Cybertruck is coming. We know they've, they've partnered with Tesla on stuff and they've got an in, if you will, but who knows if they know, it's probably more unlikely than likely that they know exactly when the Cybertruck is coming out because Tesla themselves might <laughs> might not quite know exactly when just yet. But anyway, a final point here, 
there's nothing stopping Unplugged Performance from going ahead and putting these wheels out there before the truck's even released. Because why not? You might get some eager Cybertruck reservation holders to pull the trigger on these Cyberhex wheels while they wait for their actual truck to be built. So I'm going to be very interested to see how these wheels look on a Cybertruck. We've got a, a picture of them, a render of them, just as wheels, but the full context is key. Like, I don't know about you. To me, there are some wheels that look really good on one car that don't look so great on another. You know, it's very, it's a whole, it's a whole picture. It's not just the wheel itself, at least as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, um, but it'll be interesting as well to see if the Cyberhex wheels from Unplugged Performance offer any advantages over the stock Cybertruck wheel from Tesla, be it aero or more likely than aero weight savings. I, I would bet lunch that the Cyberhex wheels from Unplugged Performance are going to weigh less than the Cybertruck, the stock Cybertruck wheels do. Or if it's basically going to be the same from a weight and technical aero perspective, and maybe it's just going to be an aesthetic preference for some people. But anyway, keep an eye out for those if you are expecting a Cybertruck in your driveway in the next year or two. Here's a follow-up from last week when I told you about Tesla's decision to remove the ultrasonic sensors from all future builds starting immediately for the Model 3 and the Model Y and starting next year for the S and the X. According to a cost breakdown analysis by Monroe Live's Mike Lane, and by the way, that's the entire reason I'm mentioning this, is because Sandy Monroe, the head of, of Monroe and Associates, uh, who Mike Lane, of course, works for, Sandy and his team are professionals. They do this across the industry for a living, so that's why I'm very confident in the numbers that they're giving here. They might not be exact. All the numbers I'm about to give you, which Monroe Live, the Monroe team makes clear, they are estimates, but they're, they're probably going to be pretty close given Monroe and team's history in, in the automotive component field with regard to costs and, all, and manufacturing, all that stuff. Anyway, uh, thank you again to Tesla Roddy for the nice written summary of the Monroe Live video. So if you do want to watch it, head on over to the Monroe Live YouTube channel. But Tesla has 12, as we know, 12 ultrasonic sensors on each of its vehicles with an estimated cost of $8 per sensor or $96 total. At an estimated 15 cents each, Tesla's heat-staked brackets for parts and installation total $1.80. Its fascia wire sensor harness is estimated to cost $2.20 each, totaling $4.40 for two. For the underhood wiring connectors, Tesla uses two at an estimated cost of $0.40 cents each, totaling $0.80. Cents. It also uses wiring and connectors for the dash and body harnesses, estimated at $0.50, cents, totaling $1. Tesla also uses two integrated circus, circuits, pardon me, estimated to cost $5 each. The grand total comes out to $114 per vehicle. Now, you're probably doing the math in your head already, and so uh, I will do so as well. If Tesla makes 2 million cars next year, and yes, I realize that 
Not all 2 million of those cars are going to be made without the ultrasonic sensors, since we don't know when in 2023 the S and the X are going to drop them. Could be January, or it could be July. But either way, the S and the X, as we have learned over the last number of quarters, only account for, what, 6% of Tesla's total production? So anyway, let's just say 2 million cars that will be shipping without ultrasonic sensors in 2023, that's $228 million saved. Of course, while shareholders might care about that, customers ultimately do not. Customers care about and deserve the very best car for their money. And as I said last week, I am personally going to give Tesla the benefit of the doubt on this Uh, specifically because their track record when it comes to safety. Like I said last week, their safety track record is literally world-class, but let's just hope that this software plus camera combo is able to catch up to all of our cars that do have the ultrasonic sensors on them and do so very soon, because quite frankly, I don't think it's fair to all of you new buyers who are just now taking delivery especially when, for the time being, 100% of those of you out there that are taking the first deliveries of these ultrasonic sensorless cars thought they would be on there when you ordered the car however many months ago now. So, as far as I'm concerned, the pressure is all on Tesla to make these new cars as fully featured and as safe as the ones in all of our driveways and garages now. I do have the full confidence that Tesla's gonna get there. I just really hope it's not gonna take very long. That's really the bottom line with this for me. Two more stories this week. The first of those is this. Tesla has once again skirted its ban on direct sales in New Mexico by again partnering with Native American tribes. Teslarati again with the write-up. They were on fire this week. Good stuff at Teslarati. Tesla is building its second sales service and delivery center on tribal land. The Pueblo of Santa Ana announced a new Tesla center on the Tamaya Indian Reservation. Tamaya Ventures owns the Pueblo of Santa Ana wholly and partnered with Tesla on a 35,000 square foot multi-purpose center. The new Tesla Center will occupy four acres of land in the Pueblo's master business lease slash business development district. Tesla plans to open the center by May of 2023. Quote, this is an exciting start to the next frontier of tribal economic creation, diversification, and competitiveness, said Governor Joey Sanchez. Continuing, Tamaya Ventures has executed extremely well on behalf of the the Pueblo of Santa Ana to bring a global partner like Tesla to our region. This partnership brings opportunities for economic impact and diversification and opportunities to create careers, not just jobs. The investment that Tesla is making in workforce development and training as part of this project will be extremely valuable in helping our strategic efforts to create an economy that is powered by STEAM science, technology, engineering, arts, and manufacturing, end quote. Well, as far as I can see here, this is 100% a smart move by the tribal nations because if the rest of New Mexico is too bogged down by archaic dealer laws that are being 
kept on the books by special interests or worse, you know, money changing hands. I guess that's the same thing. But then, hey, if you're if you're the uh, the tribal nations, you can come in. You can take advantage of your sovereign nation status that allows you to create your own laws on your land. And you can welcome Tesla, which is not only a clean energy company, but a rapidly growing and a desirable one as well. This has literally zero downsides for the Pueblo of Santa Ana. This is going to create jobs. It's going to bolster their local economy. It, and it also puts the tribe, again, in my humble opinion, on the right side of history compared to the rest of New Mexico from a policy perspective. So I love every aspect of this for both parties. And I am happy to share this story with you on this week's podcast. Let's hear about one other United State before we go, though. Finally, this week, the state of Vermont has started a gas vehicle buyback program called Replace Your Ride, giving owners $3,000 for their old gas vehicles. A tip of the cap one more time to Tesla Roddy, who was on it with the news this week. They write, according to VT Digger, Vermont Digger, the state of Vermont has introduced a gas vehicle buyback program called Replace Your Ride. The program will give owners $3,000 to surrender their gas vehicle that is 10 years old or older with the intention of helping people purchase electric vehicles in the future. Vermont has been a leader in EV adoption in recent years, and according to the state's governor, they now lead the country in EV chargers per capita. And in continuing the public's adoption of electric vehicles, Vermont has introduced numerous electric vehicle incentives. Other than the Replace Your Ride program, Vermont has a state EV incentive of $4,000 if you make less than $50,000 annually, or $2,500 if you make less than $100,000 annually. Furthermore, Vermont has been running a high-efficiency vehicle incentive for years now known as Mileage Smart. Mileage Smart gives owners up to $5,000 to purchase a used hybrid or electric vehicle. On top of this, Vermonters can apply for an incentive from their utility company, Green Mountain Power, which will give them up to $2,500 to purchase an electric vehicle. With this large assortment of incentives, Vermont's state legislature claims that their state offers the, quote, highest incentive targeted to lowest income, end quote. Again, all fantastic here. All fantastic. If we live there, my wife could probably utilize this program to get rid of her 18-year-old Mini Cooper that we are currently considering options, electric vehicle options to replace, because that Mini is definitely worth less than $3,000. We looked it up. But hopefully this helps get a lot of people into an EV, whether it's a Model 3 or a Chevy Bolt, or anything else. I mean, when you are asking people to make a big change, which, as all of you who own Teslas know, going electric is a big change. Most people find it to be a fun change, but we we have to acknowledge, and, and some of you, some of us may have felt this, it can be an intimidating one at first. You know, it, it's just such a, a, a paradigm shift from what we've known our whole lives with regard to automotive transport, 
it is a paradigm shift. It's a, it's a big leap to make. So incentive programs like these do help. They make a positive difference. So here's hoping that more states follow Vermont's example and perhaps some of my Vermont listeners out there that are hearing this right now are going to be able to take advantage of it. All right, that's everything I've got for you in the world of Tesla news for this week, but stick with me. There is plenty more podcasts to go, including your phone calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline coming up right after this. Before I get to the Ride the Lightning hotline, let me mention AccelerateAuto.com and their X-Care extended warranties for EVs. The response from all you guys has been strong, so they are back for more for uh, Q4, which is awesome. That means the $100 off discount code, which by the way is Lightning, remains available to you. But let me remind you about Xcare real quick. So in short, the founders of the company are former Tesla guys themselves, and they have stepped up to offer an extended service agreement where Tesla no longer does. That means things like MCU replacements, onboard computer systems for Model 3 and the Y, door handles for the Model S, AC and HVAC issues that can creep up, the air suspension in the S and the X, and more are all covered on their extended service plan once your four-year 50,000-mile factory warranty is up. Xcare is built specifically for EVs and offers coverage for up to 10 years and up to 175,000 miles with a $100 deductible. Me, I've got a three-year 40,000 mile extended service plan myself. Now they also offer leasing for customers, businesses, and public entities that are looking for a more creative leasing solution than a cookie cutter approach. In fact, unlike Tesla's leases, Accelerate allows you to buy the car at the end of the term if you so choose. So learn more and find the right extended warranty plan for you and your Tesla at accelerateauto.com slash xcare that's x-c-e-l-e-r-a-t-e-a-u-t-o.com slash x-c-a-r-e and don't forget that discount code which again is lightning for $100 off your purchase and that brings us to the ride the lightning hotline your chance to call in and be featured on the podcast if you've got a Tesla question, comment, or discussion topic, feel free to call in with it, and I might feature you on an upcoming episode. You can call in in one of two easy ways. In either case, please try to keep your call to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many people each show as possible. And the two easy ways are either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record that 90 second or less question, and then email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can call in and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline. And that number, toll-free, is 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Let's kick it off with Chris in Arizona. Hey, Ryan, this is Chris in Arizona. And I wanted to comment on two of the subjects from last week's podcast. 
you know, I'm a longtime listener and Tesla Model Y owner. Um, and I think that the sensors could easily go away. I know it's something, it's kind of like a shock. It's like, oh, I love having those sensors and tell me how many inches I am from the other car. But also on the second subject, I rented a car from Hertz last week and um, wanted to get an electric car. They had Teslas, uh, but the Polestar 2 was $35 less per day. So I rented the Polestar 2. And um, on a side note, the cool part about it was they charged it up to 100% and told me that if as long as i bring it back within with 10 percent or more i don't have to charge it so that was really nice um so it makes it much cheaper than a gas car uh, that you have to fill up to bring back anyway the polestar 2 has a 360 degree top-down view camera which i preferred when parking i turned that on and i didn't miss the, you know 12 16 12 10 inches away sensors i could see exactly where the car was am i close to the curb am i close to the car next to me so i think the sensors can go away and the vision can be uh take care of it but i do hope that tesla gives us that 360 degree top-down view and replace to replace those sensors so i'm sure that's the plan anyway i just thought i'd bring that up anyway say hi to dick daisy and uh thanks again for the podcast love it every week it's part of my routine to listen to you when i'm on a bike ride thanks Howdy, Chris. Well, I am very happy to be a pleasant part of your weekly bike riding routine. You know, I've never driven a Polestar 2. In fact, I haven't even sat in one. I've seen plenty of them. They are getting pretty popular here in the San Francisco Bay Area. But I have heard very good things about them. So it's good to know that they are affordably priced at Hertz the next time I need to rent a car and either the Teslas are unavailable or priced out of my budget for it. But I'm, I'm going to fi file that uh, bit of information away. Anyway, as for the top-down 360-degree view when parking, that is a feature that many a Tesla owner has cried out for over the years, but Tesla sadly either can't or won't give it to us. I have to imagine that it can't, because I think if they could have done it with their camera array, I have to imagine they would have by now. Anyway, uh, thinking about this whole removal of the ultrasonic sensors some more, I know it came up in the news earlier in the podcast. I think my biggest issue here is Tesla looking before it leaps. And I'm not saying they just happenstance like found themselves, oh, well, we're, we're suddenly out of sensors. What do we do? No, it's not like, I'm not saying it quite like that, but I think you get what I'm what I'm saying here. Uh, so I guess to clarify, what I mean is that ideally Tesla would have done all of their software updates while running ultrasonic sensors in parallel for redundancy. And then once they were quite sure that they had brought, brought the cameras up to feature and functional parity with the ultrasonic sensor functionality, then they would have removed the uh, the ultrasonic sensors. But I suspect what happened is probably the same thing that I suspect, again, I don't know for sure, the same thing that I suspect happened with the removal of the radar, that Tesla ran out of parts from their supplier, be it either the end of their contract or, well, I guess, and or, the supply chain shortage causing the parts to literally run out and Tesla decided that they could figure it out on the fly. Unfortunately, that means that, as I've been over, new Model 3 and Model Y owners, for the next little while at least, are going to be lacking features 
for some indeterminate amount of time. I don't think it's a coincidence that the S and the X are keeping their sensors at least into you know some point next year. Because I think Tesla wants to make sure that they can get the new cars back up to feature parity before removing those sensors on the $100,000 cars. Now, maybe some of what I'm saying here is unfair hand-wringing since we haven't yet, it should be any minute now, but we have not yet heard from any owners of these new ultrasonic sensorless cars as of yet. So I guess we will get a pretty clear picture of where we stand collectively as a community with regard to these cars compared to the cars with ultrasonic sensors very, very soon. Chris, thanks for your call. Next up, Jason from Temecula. Hey, Ryan, this is Jason from Temecula again. We got our Model X and what an amazing vehicle. However, I would love to see an amazing feature request. While it's great having the back screen for the kids to watch movies, I know that you can't actually change the movie if you're on a long road trip. You physically have to go back and touch the screen to get a different movie going on. It'd be great if a passenger would be able to control what movies are going to be watched for the kids in the back since our little one is unable to actually touch the screen being her car seat. Hope you can get the message out, and thanks for a great podcast. Jason, this is one of those suggestions that as, as comes up frequently from all of you wonderful folks who call in because you're all super smart and plugged into this community. This is one of those suggestions that's so good, I don't know how it's not in the car already. I'd have to hope that this one is already on the Tesla software team's priority list. But if not, hey, I am happy to help it find their ears and thus hopefully their whiteboard as well to make it onto the uh, upcoming software feature list. Thank you for your call, Jason. And hey, congratulations on your new Model X. Lewis in Florida is next. Hey, Ryan, this is Lewis in Florida. Uh, I have to agree with you that Tesla generally does right by its customers, but the NHTSA recall is due with the backup camera. They're refusing to do the fix on my car, and they want me to approve an estimate for 570 to even look at my car and do the work. Uh, I've had this problem all along, and in the past they told me it was going to be fixed via a software update, and then the recall happened. And ever since the recall happened, I've been asking Tesla to fix it in my car because I've had issues with it. Now my camera is cutting out completely every now and again. And when that happens, I'm getting other errors in the car sometimes. So I'm worried that that may have caused additional damage to the electrical system. And they're still refusing to touch it, even though I almost hit my garage the other night while trying to back into my driveway. Um, Yeah. So I'm hopeful this isn't going to have to turn into a class action lawsuit, but it's looking like Tesla is going to have to be pushed a lot harder to do the mandatory fix. Uh, Let me know if you have any input. Have a good one. Lewis, I'm very sorry to hear this. I wish I had a quick solution for you. The fact of the matter is that if you're getting error codes spit at you, that means that Tesla can see those errors in your car's log, and that's clearly an easy decision to fix your car. You didn't say if you're out of warranty or not. Perhaps maybe that's the hang-up on their part here. I have one suggestion for you, and admittedly, it's not an amazing one, but... Maybe it's something. Try a different service center. You're in Florida, so hopefully you should have alternatives to whichever one you've been going to. The thing is, I've heard, and you've heard me say it on the podcast before, 
I've heard plenty of anecdotes in the past of people who have great experiences at one service center and not great experiences at another service center. I mean, you hate to see that kind of inconsistently, excuse me, inconsistency. You'd like for the experience to just be great no matter where you go. But the Tesla folks are humans, just like the rest of us. They're not robots, so it could be worth trying your luck elsewhere. So good luck to you, Lewis. Appreciate you calling in. Here's Dimitri from Maryland. Hi, Ryan. Uh, This is Dimitri from Maryland. Just wanted to leave uh, a message to you with two comments. I was listening to this week's podcast and the comment regarding um, the new cars to uh, Taiwan. I'm, I'm wondering if that's the political aspect where... China and Taiwan have some issues, but I know I'm sure some other uh, listeners have better understanding of that. But I actually just discovered something in my 2022 Model Y performance this weekend um, where the rear taillights uh, had condensation in them. Now, my car is always um, in the garage. It's not humid. It's not cold. um, But I did see that the lights had condensation. I took pictures, <clears throat> posted on Reddit, got some comments where the people said that it was uh, normal. Some people said it wasn't normal. Anyways, I put in a request with uh, Tesla uh, via the app, and um, the um, they said that because the lights are all LEDs, they don't produce any heat whatsoever, unlike most like most other uh, tail lights. And they said that the condensation was totally normal. Interestingly enough, that this condensation did go away. I'm not really um, very happy. I still think it's a weird phenomenon, as I've never had this happen to any of my other vehicles ever. But uh, the condensation did go away. <clears throat> it took about a day, um, and the lights are just fine. So I just wanted to uh, mention that maybe some other people have similar experiences. Take care, and as always, a uh, fantastic uh, podcast. Love it. Bye-bye. Dimitri, thank you for your call and the kind words. As I covered at the top of the podcast, you are indeed correct about the Taiwan cars being built in Berlin instead of Shanghai. Thank you for being one of those folks that kindly set me straight on that. Second, on your taillight condensation issue, this is not normal. It has happened to many people, myself included. Uh, I had mine replaced when it did. It shouldn't happen. I would humbly suggest making a service request for this and asking for a replacement taillight assembly if it comes back. And if you need to, do that, as I just got done telling the last caller, at a different service center, since again, unfortunately, we have seen that different service centers can sometimes produce wildly different customer service experiences. But those housings are sealed. Water should not get in there. Uh, You are correct. You are totally right to be a little miffed by that. But otherwise, I hope you are enjoying your new Model Y performance. Here's Jason Chalukas. He's going to be our final caller this week. Take it away, Jason. Hey, Ryan. Jason Chalukas. My wife is going to get a new Model Y next week around October 18th, and it will undoubtedly be one of the ones without ultrasonic sensors. She's transitioning to a new seven-seater from her existing Model Y with the sensors, so I'll let you know if we notice any significant decrease in functionality as a result of the change away from ultrasonic sensors to Tesla vision only. Also, I would note that our delivery advisor gave us an interesting bit of information. 
that new cars are being delivered via rail or transported via rail instead of trucks, uh, which is slowing their delivery process down, but obviously saving them a lot of money in transportation costs. I thought that was particularly interesting because we're in Southern California and uh, you would think that trucking would still make sense uh, going from Fremont down here to Orange County. Just an interesting note for you. Thanks, Ryan. Bye. Jason, it's a pleasure as always. I'd absolutely love to get a report from you and your wife after eh, a week or so of ownership on that new Model Y to hear how the parking and the tight movements feel without those parking sensors versus, since you're familiar with them, uh, on the on the previous car. And it's not surprising that Tesla is using rail transport, by the way, wherever it can. I mean, it's probably more environmentally friendly, I think. I don't know that for, for a fact, but I, I think so. In addition to being cheaper, right? In any case, though, uh, thank you very much for volunteering to be part of this experiment, if you will. Though, of course, you didn't know you were signing up to be part of that experiment. I will look forward to hearing from you and your wife again soon. Here's hoping that your delivery goes smoothly next month. Thank you to everybody who took the time to call in. I promise I will get to more phone calls. Well, we'll see maybe next week, but usually the earnings call episodes end up being long enough on their own without phone calls. But feel free to keep those calls coming on whatever topic is on your mind. Uh, I gave you the call-in information at the top of this segment, and I will get to your calls, if not next week, for sure, the week after. Be right back with a little more Ride the Lightning right after this. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out. An entertainment recommendation for you for this week. Last week, I told you about my deceased friend and mentor, Rob Smith's book about LucasArts, and uh, a couple of you reached out. I guess I should have thought that through a little more in the sense that apparently that book, there was never a second printing, and so the and there was only one hardcover run, and so if you can find a copy, it's super expensive, so... If you're interested in the book and now you can't find it for an affordable price, I do apologize for that. I was just kind of speaking emotionally and in the moment last week. I I hadn't thought to check for the relative availability of that book. But um, this week, you know what? While I'm on the subject of books, I don't think I've ever mentioned the book that I contributed to. It won't surprise you to learn it's a DeLorean book. Many years ago, in uh, really in the mid-80s, after the DeLorean Motor Company fell, uh, there was a book written by an author named John Lamb called Stainless Steel Illusion. And it's regarded very well uh, as a sort of very fair, um, just, what's the best word? Just a thorough look at what happened with the company. And it's a really interesting read. And that book was out of print for many years. Well, my Friends at the new DeLorean Motor Company got the publishing rights to it, I guess, got 20 years ago now. And 20 years ago, I guess 19 years ago, uh, they reprinted it, but with a, a an updated additional chapter, a, an addendum, if you will. And they asked me to write it, which I had never written anything like that before. I eagerly dove in, and that 
the end of that book is written by me. The, if you buy the second, the, uh, the second edition of it. So it, it just sort of catch It's a, it's a speed run catch up from 1985 to 2003, I guess. Cause that's when I wrote it. So if you're interested in that, you know, learning a little bit about the DeLorean and, and getting a little bit of my writing in there, which I'll be honest with you, I haven't looked at it in a long time. If I wrote it when I was 23, my 42-year-old self goes, well, it must be terrible if I wrote it when I'm at 23. But I don't know. Hopefully it holds up. But anyway, if you're interested, you can find it at store.delorean.com. And then you click on the uh, you click on publications and manuals. And it's about, what is this? One, two, three. It's it's, you know, it's about halfway down the page you'll see stainless steel illusion book second edition and i'm looking at it right now it's available for 40 bucks so it's not a thing where it's hundreds of dollars out of print anyway time for a pro tip of the week jack from brisbane here's a good one hey ryan jack from brisbane australia just calling in with a quick tip Um, for anyone whose premium subscription has expired but would still like to use features that need wi-fi while driving such as Spotify and TuneIn Radio, there's an easy way to auto-hotspot your car to your phone every time you get in so you can use your phone's Wi-Fi. The, uh, provided you've got an Apple iPhone running iOS 16, you can create an automation within the Apple Shortcuts app to auto-turn on your phone's hotspot. You can then configure your car to auto-connect to your hotspot and, and remain connected to the hotspot while in drive. Um, just saves fiddling around with your phone if it turns on automatically and it's an easy way to save a couple of dollars if you're not fussed about the extra satellite maps in the car and the few other features you get with the premium subscription. Hopefully someone else finds this useful. Jack, this is great. Thank you very much for this one. I like this pro tip. And if anybody else out there has a good pro tip of the week that you'd like to share with me and your fellow Tesla owners and enthusiasts, Please call in with it the same way that you would call in to the regular Ride the Lightning hotline. I gave you the instructions for that earlier in the podcast. If you forget, it's also in the show description every single week as well. All right, some friends of the podcast that can perhaps be of use to you. Let me start with, eh, let's mix it up this week. Let's start with, well, I'll give you the update on budget safe solar. How about that? Our new roof is going on right now. So that is happening, and then the solar is hopefully going to be soon behind it. So we are moving. That is the good news here. Things are moving forward. We found a uh, definitely a, a better quote for a, a replacement roof, and then we'll be right back with budget-safe solar for our solar installation. And so, uh, yeah, this. I wonder if I'll have a real serious update for you next week. We'll see. We'll see how things go. But uh, anyway, if solar is of interest to you on your home or business, you're probably going to check out Tesla solar. I did. But if like me, Tesla solar doesn't end up being the right fit for your home uh, in some way, shape or form, check out budgetsafesolar.com. Why? Because tomorrow your neighborhood might have reached its circuit capacity and might not be able to handle another customer supplying that aged infrastructure until repairs are completed who knows how long from now. Do not get shut out because you thought that roof had another year left in it. Visit them today at budgetsafesolar.com and use the referral code RTL if you do indeed proceed 
with a solar installation. How about Immaculate Reflections? If you are going to be in the greater San Francisco Bay Area with your car, with your Tesla or any other car you care about, take it to Immaculate Reflections. You can contact uh, Jeff, the owner there, through his website, irdetailing.com. That's how you can get scheduled in. And that's where you want to mention when you reach out that you're a Ride the Lightning listener. There will be a nice little discount waiting for you for any work that you book, whether that's ceramic coating, whether that's paint protection film on some or all of the car, whether that's paint correction or some combination of all three. Whatever you want to do, Jeff will happily work with you within your budget and, and what you're looking to do to get your car looking better than it ever has. I am living proof, or at least my car is, of the talents of this person, of Jeff McGovern. So check him out, irdetailing.com. AbstractOcean.com, that's your one-stop shop for all the coolest aftermarket Tesla accessories. Just go and browse around. Trust me, it will be worth two minutes of your life to just go poke around that site and see what they've got for each of the four Teslas. You can sort by car, so whichever car you've got, just click on that car. It'll show you all of the accessories available at AbstractOcean.com for that vehicle. And anything that you like, throw it in your online shopping cart. And then when you get to checkout, use the coupon code RTLPODCAST, all one word, RTLPODCAST at checkout to get 15% off of your first order. The snap plate, meanwhile, available for S, X, 3, and Y, can be had at everyamp.com slash RTL. This is the front license plate bracket that I highly recommend if indeed you either want to put a front license plate on your car or your local government necessitates by law that you do. Go with the snap plate, everyamp.com slash RTL. You can take it uh, off for car shows or for if you're going to be detailing the car, you can put it back on. If you're going to be parked at a parking meter, you want to avoid that parking ticket, the, the front, the fix it ticket. If you're going to be going through a, a toll plaza or bridge or something like that, you can make sure it's on there. But it's it's clean, minimalist design, paint safe, grill safe, uh, radiator safe, autopilot safe. It is, it is the way to go if you're going to do a front license plate bracket. So one more time, everyamp.com slash RTL. And then puretesla.com slash RTL, once again, that is your one-stop shop. For your dash cam and sentry mode needs, they do micro SD-based solutions, which are a much, much better way to go, much more long-term reliable way to go for your sentry mode and dash cam setup. So do that. It's 49 bucks shipped free anywhere in the U.S. for the 128 gigabyte kit or $69 for the 256 gigabyte kit. They also sell a really nice slim line, like nice low profile uh, wireless game controller kit. If you want to keep those in your center console or your glove box or maybe your frunk even, um, if you do play games in your car on a semi-regular basis and you want a, a, a wireless setup and be a nice sort of Super Nintendo inspired little smaller controller that's going to take up less space in your glove box or center console than say an Xbox controller does. Cause as much as, as great as the Xbox controller is, I've got one in my hand right now. Uh, it is, it is, you know, it's not small. It's, it's 
not designed for being compact, but the ones that puretesla.com slash RTL sells very much are designed to be compact. And then uh, finally, yes, finally is Jada. Jada at uh, getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight. Jada spelled J-E-D-A. They've got a few different excellent center console centric accessories like the USB hub console that is a storage organizer, USB hub, including USB-C ports, Apple Watch charger and AirPod charger all in one. There's also the Jada tray, which is a drop-in tech-focused center console organizer. It's great, I've got one in my car. There's also the wireless charging pad, which they're on the fourth generation of now. I've got Gen 3 in my car, and that's great. Gen 4 is just a little nicer fit and finish. And I I think the power is the same. Anyway, it's great. I, I definitely recommend it from using it for the last three years, maybe even a little more. Anyway, uh, I've got a coupon code for any of those products, and that coupon code is RTL. And all I ask in return for the discount of uh, that you'll get from using that coupon code is I humbly ask that you please use my referral link, which one more time is getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight with Jada spelled J-E-D-A. I mentioned the Patreon at the top, but uh, quickly, that again is the primary way through which you can voluntarily choose to support the podcast. I do this every single week. I take a lot of pride in that. I am happy to put in the time, but it is a lot of time, and it's a lot of research, and it's a lot of uh, just love and, and care that goes into this, which I hope is obvious. I hope it's obvious. I do love doing it, but it's definitely uh, it's definitely a... a uh, a job, <laughs> which, which I, I, like I said, I like doing, otherwise I wouldn't do it. But if you do see fit, you know, maybe it's this week, maybe, maybe today's the day as you hear this and you think, you know what, Ryan, I've been listening for however many months now, you're always here for me week after week. I get a lot of good information and, and maybe even a little entertainment out of the podcast. I'm happy to support you on Patreon. There are various support tiers, all of which come attached with a a perk of some kind. So the the base perk at the base $5 a month tier is early access to each week's episode. And again, next week's show, the earnings call recap, that's going to be that's going to go up a, an extra day early for Patreon backers since I've got to I've got to do the show on Thursday night before I leave for TeslaCon Florida on Friday. The $10 tier, that's the ludicrous tier. You get the early access and you get those weekly lightning round bonus mini episodes that are exclusive to Patreon. And then it just keeps going from there. So all I ask is whether it's today, tomorrow, sometime soon, take a look at the website and maybe consider a pledge. That website is patreon.com slash Tesla podcast, Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. If you're not already following slash subscribing to the podcast on whatever your favorite podcast service is, please do so. It's free. The follow or subscribe, depending on the terminology, differs by podcast service. It just means that anytime there's a new episode, it will push out to you automatically. So I'm on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify. You can listen on YouTube. There's no video, but if you do want to, I do have a channel if you do want to listen to it. In fact, they uh, YouTube just gave me 
They just let me pick my own channel handle. So it's a little bit of an easier, I don't have to tell you, oh, go on, search, ride the lightning Tesla. No, it's just youtube.com slash at, the at sign, youtube.com slash at Tesla podcast. And that will take you straight to my YouTube channel, where again, just to set the expectation, there's no video, but if you want to listen there, go for it. You can email me anytime. The email address is teslapodcast at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram, same handle on both of those social media sites, DMC underscore Ryan. And I think that's about it, other than saying hello and thank you to the Plaid, Maximum Plaid, and Roadster in Space tier backers. I'll start with the Plaid crew. The tier is gone, but these wonderful, generous people continue to pledge at that level and will thus continue to be grandfathered in with all the perks associated with that level. So thank you very much to George Cassiopo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Jason Chalukas, Tim Hyde, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, Dory and Steve Guberman, the Tesla owners of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Dennis Peak, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, the Lydia family, Aaron Altschul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, the Tesla owners East Bay Club, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Travis Krenzel, Matt Nixon, the Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Jonathan Zelezny, Ish, not Elon Musk, T. Kirk Lowry, Peter, and the Bear Boys of Colorado. Thank you as well to the Maximum Plaid backers who get the uh, their top tier perk is the monthly invitation to the monthly group Patreon Zoom hangout where we always have a good chat each week. So thank you very much to Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, the Galpin family, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Ulrich Lassa, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisneski, Gil Cabrera, Watley, Eric Brown, Mark Eversole, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Mait Suaru, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Alex Brem, Tyler Smith, Corey O'Donnell, Matthew Graham Droneberger, Scott Gillis, Aaron, John Cody, Andre Kent, Joel Sapp, Kim Bay, Paul Casarino, Richard Corley, Chris Osborne, KB, We Drive Tesla EV Luxury Car Rental in Oahu, HaloBengals.com, Chris Pratt, Ken Epstein, and Doug Carey. Finally, and big thank you goes out to the Roadster in Space tier backers, Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace. Jackson, I am so happy that you are finally going to be getting your new Model X soon. I've been seeing Jackson's Twitter posts. He is one of the people that has been waiting literally hundreds of days for his new Model X. And he posted that the... uh, the date, it's fine. It's under a month away. I guess by the time this podcast is out, it's like two or three weeks out. So Jackson, pre-congratulations to you on that after that incredibly long wait. Uh, thank you as well to Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, Victoria Iacovetto, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, and Kara Weston. 
That brings me to the end of Ride the Lightning episode 376. The next couple weeks are going to be fun. Next week, of course, as I've said, is going to be the quarterly earnings call recap and analysis. And then I'm heading to Florida for TeslaCon Florida. So the following episode, 378, I'll have a, you know, I'll do it at the end after all the news and stuff, but uh, I'll catch you up on how that event went and how much fun that was. I'm really looking forward to it. So uh, in the meantime, I wish all of you happy electric motoring. Be well, stay well. And from a snoozing Daisy the Boxer, along with myself, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This was Ride the Lightning episode 376. See you soon. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.